783 AM Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. That's right. Now on the FM dial. It's just it's so much fun to say that, you know. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, you're B-side listening stories. to B-Side Stories. That's B-side right. Stories. B-side. You want to say it too? You are listening to B-Side Stories. Right. <laughs> this is B-Side Stories. Three announcers. It's great. <laughs> uh, three hosts. Uh, three I'm, hosts, right. I'm Laura Kewen. Uh, also, Benjamin Mumford Zisk and Lori Fooner in the studio. And uh, for the second half of the show, uh, we've got Laura O'Connell Ripira, the co founder of Rock and Roll, uh, continuing with our theme of groups of young people who rock. <laughs> rock and Roll is about um, building the political power of young people in Aotearoa by engaging the youth people, the youth people. Youth people. As I refer to them, in the electoral process and giving them information to make their voting decisions and urging politicians to pay attention to issues that matter to young voters. So, Laura, thanks for coming on B-Side Stories. Thank you for having me. Uh, Where did the idea for rock and roll come from? The idea for rock and roll came from a couple of different places. It was kind of one of those things where, like, Lots of different people seem to be having similar conversations uh, that kind of came together. Um, And how it started for me is that I was one of those kids who didn't go to university because I didn't really know what I wanted to, um, I guess, get in debt for. Um, (laughs) And so I decided to get in debt for traveling instead. And I went and lived in England and I lived in Canada and I was away for about four and a half years all up. But I just so happened to land in all of those places as they were having their elections And I found this kind of thing happening over and over again where I was hanging out with young people who were really awesome, like great activists, really cool artists who all weren't voting when it came to the election time. So they didn't see voting as a way that they could um, contribute to the change that they wanted to see. And so when I got back to New Zealand in 2014, I wanted to see if that that trend was the same here. And I dug a little bit into the data and found out very quickly that at that time, only 42% of young people were voting. And so I was not surprised because I'd already seen it all around the world, but I was incredibly sad about that because it meant that young people who, in this case, were categorising as under 30, weren't having a kind of say at the highest level. And um, at the same time as I saw that, Tom Scott, who is the leader of um, Homebrew, uh, put up a post on the Homebrew page, the Facebook page at that time, saying, I want to organise a bunch of gigs all around the country where the only way you can get access is if you enrol and promise to vote. And I was sort of like, I want to help you make that happen. And so I went to this conference that the Electoral Commission had put on, um, that uh, which happened shortly afterwards, which was, uh, of all things, that invited, pres- uh, what was her name, Heather Smith, who was the president of Rock the Vote which is the US organisation that works on empowering young people to vote and Mm -hmm. um, has enrolled something like 5 million people over the 25 years that they've been running and, you know, have done really incredible work and they had just happened to bring her over to speak to people in New Zealand and so I found myself in a room with the person who started Rock the Vote and I was like, I just want to copy and paste what you did and bring it to New Zealand. Can, Can I do that? And she was like, yes, please do. And that's kind of how it started. Fantastic. How'd, how'd you go uh, at the, the the last round? Yeah, so um, we were part of this group called the Virgin Voter Collective, which was uh, kind of an umbrella group of different actors who were all working in various uh, separate ways to increase the youth vote. So there was like On the Fence, who 
came out of Massey University mm. and made this incredible app where you'd answer a bunch of questions and then that would uh, kind of line you up uh, with different political parties based on the questions that you answered. There was this other woman, Hannah Duda, who's, who made an app called Candidate, which was like Tinder, where you basically swipe left if you like the policies or swipe right if you don't like the policies or whatever it was. I can't remember how it worked. And then at the end, it would match you with your candidate. Um, and so <laughs> Cute. Um, and so there were like nine of us who were all kind of doing different things. And so we, we decided like, oh, we're, we should at least be in conversation with one another. And so um, Derek Hanley, who's one of New Zealand's um, most famous young entrepreneurs, uh, he was part of that that collective as well. And after the election, he um, managed to, through his networks, commission some independent research from Horizon Research Polling about the efficacy of all of the different efforts to get out the youth vote, which was incredibly helpful because that kind of research would normally cost like $10,000 sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so what it found is that the most successful out of those nine different efforts was on the fence, and the second most successful was rock and roll. So we're very proud of that, and we um, collectively managed to increase the youth vote by 22.8%, which was... Um, pretty incredible. So uh, I can't remember, I think it worked out to be 67,000 more people aged between 18 and 30, uh, 29 voted in the 2014 election. So it was really, really great. Um, And so this year, we'd like to see that keep going up, of course. Um, And I believe that the Virgin Voter Collective in some form is going to uh, kind of bring the bring the crew back together and get things going again. But yeah, it's definitely a collective effort. Yeah. Is there going to be like, is there going to be the same number of cool, weird ideas trying to get youth to engage with the political process? I think that there'll be new weird ideas, which I love. Because um, the other thing is that, so I was 24 when I started rock and roll and I'm 28 now. And so um, I sort of, like one of the things that we're planning for rock and roll is we're launching a crowdfunding campaign at the end of this month to raise the money to hire someone to be able to work on it. Because um, that's what we did last time. I We crowdfunded our entire budget. We went through a bunch of traditional kind of funding sources, went to the Electoral Commission, went to New Zealand on air because we were using music and none of those traditional avenues fa- uh, worked. So we basically crowdfunded the budget. I quit my job, convinced my best friend to quit her job and that's how we worked on it. And I would love to be able to crowdfund the budget and hire someone under 25 to work on rock and roll this time because the um, 17 to 24 demographic is actually our key demographic mm. um, because they vote in the lowest numbers. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this may seem a silly question, but why does it matter if people 18 to 25 bother voting? Won't they just engage when they get a mortgage in a nine to five and that'll be fine when they're more engaged with the system? Yeah. Uh, so um, one of the reasons that we focus on first time voters is actually because research shows that if you don't get into the habit of voting early on in your life, you actually won't do it later on. And so um, the reason for targeting people while they're young is actually so that they start forming lifelong habits. And from our point of view, voting, um, participating in democracy is much more than what you do in the ballot box once every three years. It is about what you do every day of your life. But we see voting as a kind of gateway drug to that deeper political process. And the idea is that to kind of give people a taste of democracy, so hopefully they'll do things like, you know, submit to uh, select committees or, um, you know, participate in protests if that is that if that's the way you decide to um, uh, participate in your democracy. And so we definitely just see election year as an opportunity to kind of have conversations about politics, but it's not the be-all and end-all voting. First cool. taste's free, kids. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, um, do you know what's coming up for this election year? What can we expect from rock and roll? 
Yeah, so one of the things that Rock the Vote did and um, do really successfully is they asked young people to pledge to vote, which we copied that tactic. That's basically where you sign a card or you fill in a form online where you give your name, your email address, your phone number, um, and you tick a box that says, I will vote on the election day. And um, that works really well in America because in America you pledge to things. You pledge allegiance to the flag, you pledge at sororities if you, do, if you end up going to a university. In New Zealand, we don't pledge like that. And so it was actually really challenging for our volunteers to get people to pledge to vote. And so we're not going to do a pledge to vote this year. And instead, we're just going to focus on upskilling young volunteers to get people enrolled and then to fill out a survey, um, basically marking what are the top five most important issues to you. And so this year, we're kind of trying to build a bit more of a, a large youth voter block and demonstrate to politicians why they need to listen to the voices of young people because we are in fact many and these are the things we care about and we are planning to vote. So the focus has shifted a little bit away from this kind of voting is sexy. Um, you, there'll still be like, we're still going to have musicians and celebrities involved like we did last time. We're still going to have parties and we're still going to do some of the fun, crazy stuff that we did, which was like enrolling mm -hmm. people in nightclubs and um, turning up in the spaces where people wouldn't normally expect to see politics taking place, mm. rap gigs, punk gigs. Um, so we'll definitely still have that kind of rebellious edge to things. Yeah. But our focus much more is about pointing at the political system and the institutions that exist and saying, what are you doing wrong that are, that are keeping young people from participating uh, fully in this process and um, and in and, and that building the power of our, of our young people? Hmm. Hmm. And you've got another initiative this year, yeah. which is about lowering the voting age. Yeah. What's with that? That sounds <laughs> bizarre. Um, yeah, so we've got a campaign running at the moment and uh, to lower the voting age to 16. Yeah. and. One of the reasons for that is, um, I mean, a lot of the kind of research and evidence points to this being a great way to improve um, the number of young people who are participating. But also one of the best examples is that in Scotland, when Scotland was going through the referendum vote, they allowed 16 and 17-year-olds to vote in that process. And 75% of 16 and 17-year-olds turned up to vote, which is the highest number in a Western democracy of young people voting for a single election. Hmm. And because of that, they've now lowered the voting age to 16. And so that was a really kind of um, uh, wonderful example of when you fix kind of the system, it actually enables deeper participation. It's, I think it's, I think it's lazy to say that young people are apathetic and that young people don't care about things. I think that, there are fundamental flaws that currently exist in the political process that make it difficult for young people to participate. And one of those fundamental flaws is that we aren't capturing them when they are inside institutions where they're actually already talking about civics and and the world and they're thinking about these things and thinking about how things work. And uh, we aren't inviting them to kind of participate in the decisions that are going to affect their lives essentially because it's their future as they grow up and so we're working with a bunch of high school students um, for this campaign and they are um, one of the things that we're planning to do in June is a hui where we train up um, like head girls and head boys and kind of like leaders in their high schools to um, to go back into their schools and teach workshops about civics uh, and then um, kind of just get a conversation going in high schools um, that doesn't currently exist. And so it's 
it's it's yes about lowering the voting age, but it's also about ensuring that if we lower the voting age, people are going to have access to the information they need, and that happens through robust civics education as well. So it's kind of two sides that we're looking for. And is the idea that that robust civics education could be delivered by other young people? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, so the model is um, if we find 100 young people and we train them up and then they go on and train five young people each, that's 500 people and the scale goes up from there. And so our um, our entire work this year is about finding those key influencer young people who have access to communities and giving them the skills that they need so that they can go out and be more impactful in what they do. Cool. When you uh, talk to these high school students, do they actually want to vote? Do they want to have to do that? Not all of them, um, and that's fine, right, because that's the same as real life, that's the same as adults, um, and I don't think it should be about forcing, like I don't agree with compulsory voting, for example, and if we did have compulsory voting, I think we would need to have a no-confidence option, hmm. and I think that that no-confidence option would actually me- need to mean something. One of the most radical and awesome examples I've heard is um, what would it look like if, say, you had 30% of the population who didn't vote, and then after the election, 30% of the seats in Parliament stayed empty. And then politicians had to figure out what those 30% of people wanted, which would require listening to the people before they could then take those seats. And, you know, that's radically different from the system that we currently have. But I'm really interested in anything that we can do to kind of push the boundaries of what currently exists to make our system hmm. more responsive, more transparent, more participatory. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a tangent. But hmm. <laughs> Regarding the idea of lowering the voting age, how would you respond? It seems like one of the two of the questions that are going to be raised would be, uh, at what point do you say that someone's too young to make a responsible choice? And then also, it seems like children children who are still living at home might be unduly swayed by family because they are living under the uh, umbrella of another adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that one of the one of the rationales for saying, you know, 18 is going to be the voting age is because theoretically most kids at that point are, you know, leaving the home and so they might be more independent in terms of their thinking. Yeah. So how, how would you how would you sway somebody who brought that up? So one thing to note is that the average age that New Zealand young people stay at home until nowadays is actually 21 and a half. And so ah. their age of 18 is going up and up and up. And I would say that... You have the, millennials too then. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And so I would say that the question, the the unduly influenced by their parents doesn't stop at 16 or 18. No, it, it is It carries arbitrary. on. Um, and so that's going to be an issue regardless of mm-hmm. what age you have. I think it's one of the strongest arguments for not having, for example, online voting, because if, if voting was purely online, it means that that coercion takes place in your house when you actually make the vote. One of the beautiful things about being able to go into the ballot box and no one being able to go in with Mm. you is that you can vote for who you want to and who you truly believe in, um, regardless of the outside influences in your life who could be very powerful and very loud. And so um, I would say robust civics education, lowering the voting age to 16, sends a really strong message to young people that we want to take your view seriously, but it Mm -hmm. also provides them with the information to critically think about things. And if they are able to critically think about things, then they might critically think about the advice that their parents are giving and, you know, be able to make a decision about just because that works for you, because you own a house, 
does that necessarily work for me who doesn't own a house, for example? Mm -hmm. um, I am, you know, a young person who is going to live through the effects of climate change. Does that influence the way that I vote? Those sorts of things that yeah. young people have to consider much more than people who aren't going to live quite as long. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, that's a major issue. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Do you find uh, you talked about appealing to politicians to, mm. to get them uh, involved or engaging with uh, the issues that young people care about? Do you find that young people uh, pick top issues that are different from like older people? I think that. Um, so there's been a, I've been reading a bunch of like the universities do a bunch of surveying of their students and things like this. And I think there's kind of this like assumption that people have that all students care about is getting rid of student debt. But actually, if you look at the surveys from both UniTech, Auckland University, Victoria University and AUT, the top issues are things like uh, climate change. It's things like poverty. It's things like homelessness. And so I think that when we kind of assume that people are only thinking about things from a self-interested point of view, um, it shuts down the ability to have conversations that could be much richer and much deeper. And so I don't necessarily think that young people are think um, you know have a different set of issues that they care about compared to um, adults, but I think that we'll never know unless we invite them to be part of the, po the political process in a way that actually truly engages them. Mm -hmm. mm. Seems like it... Oops getting back to the microphone, seems like it could radically shift policy really across the board. I mean, it almost seems like you'd have politicians that would be reluctant to get involved with this because, I mean, for one thing, a lot of them are of that generation that we're sort of waiting for them to, to go before yeah. things start to shift and, you know, at the risk <laughs> yeah. of sounding offensive. But I mean, really, uh, it seems like you're, you're sort of threatening an entrenched power structure by saying you want to, to bring a whole new population in the same way that you've seen that throughout history and pretty much every culture where you start to say, like, these people need representation as well. And people go, oh, hang on, the system as is has, 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 has us in charge now, and that might shift now. So, yeah. so that's, that's like, that's a deep threatening the system thing. But, uh, I mean, that's a legitimate question. How would you convince old people who vote a lot that this is a good idea? So they're not my audience at all. And so there's this like, there's this thing called the, um, Daniel Hunter came up with it, who writes amazing books about campaigning and activism. And um, in it, he describes what's called the spectrum of allies and kind of there's five quadrants, um, five quadrants, I guess that's not a quadrant, is it? There's five uh, segments and um, there's kind of passive uh, there's kind of active allies on one side and your active opposition on, on the other side. And most people are in the middle where they're passive opposition, they're passive allies, or they're just kind of neutral. And so always um, or often people think that we need to be working on the active opposition. That's actually not where the battle is. The battle is in the middle and it's about convincing all of the people in the middle uh, to move one segment over to become more active allies to what it is that you're trying to do. And so our audience is definitely young people, and it's about getting young people to talk to young people and organize pe those people, and that's kind of why we have the model of, of the ambassadors. Hmm. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. So like 30-somethings too, though, at that point, sort of. That yeah, definitely. But also like, um, you know, Generation X, if you, like, there are people who um, aren't so far gone <laughs> in terms of like... <laughs> And, like, it's, it is cross-generational. It is basically, like, do you believe in truly empowering young people or not? And if you don't, then you're not our audience. That's kind of where I land on that one. Hmm. 
Ben did bring up uh, a part of his question earlier was about when people are responsible enough to vote. What's your experience of meeting these high school students? Do they seem responsible enough to handle that? Well, I think at 16, you can drive. At 16, you can get a job, which means you pay taxes. And so if you can get a job and pay taxes, you should be allowed to vote on where those tax, those tax, where your tax money can be spent. I also think that um, people should, if people are doubtful that young people today aren't clever and smart, I would highly recommend going out and talking to some actual young people because they are a generation who have grown up with the entire world of knowledge in their pockets. Mm. And that often means that they end up drowning in information like many of us are today. But it also means that they're super informed and have, you know, a wealth of knowledge and experience and access to things that previous generations could only ever have dreamed of. And I think that that uh, means that they have an entirely different worldview. And that is a worldview worth taking seriously, especially when you consider that they are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. And if we don't treat them as such today, I think that that won't pay off for us in the long term. And the other argument for um, lowering the voting age for um, to allow 16 and 17-year-olds to vote as well is that it does increase the, the overall kind of youth block, which means that if we were talking about 16 to 30-year-olds that is a wider demographic that politicians then have to pay attention to than just, say, 18 to 30-year-olds. And so that would mean it would add tens of thousands of people, potential voters, that they then have to write policies for, that they then have to think about, that they then have to go out and visit and listen to. And um, I think that's a really good challenge to to MPs. Hmm. Wonderful. Where can people learn more about rock and roll and uh, maybe look up this thing about lowering the voting age? Yeah. So... um, they can find us on rockandroll.org.nz and on Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash rockandrollnz. Um, the petition is on, the best place to find the petition is on our Facebook, I reckon. Um, but otherwise, it's on the Our Action Station community campaign platform. Hey, I was looking over Lori's shoulder and realized that I had it I had it wrong. But just for the listeners, how are we spelling rock and roll? Oh, yeah. So rock and roll is one word and it's rock and then a capital E in R-O-L. And it's just one L. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks. Love your work. Thank you. Keep it up. Thanks. (laughs) Lovely to hear from you, Laura. Right on. Have we got a New Zealand song to play us out for New Zealand Music Month? We've got a New Zealand song to play us out for New Zealand Music Month. Got Troy Kingi performing Cold Steel featuring Mara TK. Have a great week, folks.
be walking the lamppost streets no more. I've got much to go along. When battle screams, reflect from all the tactics. And find friends with flows on long. You better take it to Oh. Uh-huh.